Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. If you're going to be objectively masculine, not subjective. So subjectively masculine is, what is a good man? Mm-hmm. Or what is a real man? And I talk about it quite a bit. Be careful of people that use the phrase, what a real man does. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of guys out there that talk about what a real man does. And I might mostly agree with what they're saying. But if you don't understand how subjective that terminology is to say a real man, hold up, you're not really thinking this through. You need to stop and think about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many variables in what somebody would consider a real man. So bottom line is, what is objectively masculine? And you could get into physically strong. Men are just physically stronger than women. And so the traits are not always going to be necessarily exclusive to men, but they will be unique to men. So mm-hmm. can a woman be physically strong? Sure. But if a woman is not physically strong, do we hold it against her? No, that's she's still feminine. Mm-hmm. Whereas a man that is physically weak for his status, you don't have to be the strongest guy in the gym setting the bench press record. You don't have to be that guy. But if a guy is relatively weak, he's just not going to be seen as, as manly. He just isn't. You're listening to the premier podcast for men who want to not only be better with women, but want to be better men in general. This is the Come On Man podcast. And here's your host, Paul Bauer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Come On Man. If you haven't done so already, please like, subscribe, hit those notifications. Drop a comment. Any comment will do. Your favorite emoji doesn't really matter. If you guys are listening on Spotify, there's a prompt that asks you, what did you like about the show? Fill that out. Fill that out. Let us know what you liked about the show if you're listening on Spotify. If you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, which uh, majority of people are listening on Apple, leave us a five-star review. It helps more than you know. And I will actually take the time to write out why you like the show, and I'll read that in an upcoming episode. If you guys are listening to the, uh, or if you guys are, are, are watching live right now on YouTube during the premiere on Monday morning, uh, sound off in the live chat. You know, that helps boost us in the algorithm. Sometimes I'm in there while I'm editing videos and stuff like that. You never know. So sound off in there, say hi. If I'm in there while I'm editing videos, drinking coffee or whatever, I'll say hi back. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Follow me on social media. The links are in the description. I'm on all the good platforms and some of the terrible ones like TikTok. Get on the email list, list list.comeonmanpod.com. I will send you some free stickers for your troubles. I have resolved the email problem, okay? I have resolved it. I am moving off of MailChimp. It's trash. I'm migrating all of my existing list over to Gumroad, right? That's Gumroad's where I host my practical law of attraction course. And they have a mechanism in there built in to manage email lists. The shitty part about it is that you can't import existing lists in. So I'm I'm manually like moving people over one at a time. So it's a slow process. But uh, if you are not on the email list, go there now. And it's so easy to sign up. And I actually will get an email now with your mailing address. So I don't have to try to bug people and say, hey, What's a good, what's a good mailing address, right? It just, 
just sends me the mailing address and then it doesn't keep your mail address. Uh, it doesn't keep your mailing address as a part of the email list, right? Cause I don't want that. <laughs> I, I just want to send you stickers and then I want to be able to contact you via email if I ever get banned from social media. So it's so much easier now. Go over there, list.comeonmanpod.com. That'll redirect you to Gumroad where you can get the stickers for free. Just put in zero where it asks like, how much do you want to pay? Just put in zero, zero dollars and hit go. And I will, I will cover the cost of postage to send those. Yes, even international, okay? If you guys are in Europe, I will send you stickers. Don't worry about it. I got you. All right. Speaking of Gumroad, check out my Practical Law of Attraction course, loa.comeonmanpod.com. That will redirect you over to Gumroad as well, where you can check out my Practical Law of Attraction course. It's about four hours long. It's a mindset course, okay? There's none of this uh, spiritual, quantum physics, vibration stuff, okay? If you believe in all that stuff, that's cool. I'm not saying that doesn't exist, okay? My problem with the practical law of attraction and the way most people describe it is that a lot of people just don't buy it, right? Atheists don't buy it. Agnostics don't buy it, all right? Most people, a vast majority of people, don't understand quantum theory at all, right? We've, we've known about uh, the laws of physics since Isaac Newton, right? So we, we look at everything as a physical reality. And a lot of what we're learning in quantum physics blows all of our physics, like our physical world ideas, out of the water, right? So a lot of people just, they can't wrap their brain around it, so they dismiss it. So there's a third explanation for the law of attraction. It's psychology. It's your mind. It's your thinking. It's your subconscious mind. It's your paradigm. All right? Your results are from your actions. Your actions come about from your thoughts. If you can change your thoughts and how you think about things, you can change your actions, which will change your results, okay? It's not magic. <laughs> it's not magic at all. I'll teach you all about that. My Practical Law of Attraction course, once you learn this, it'll change your life forever. It'll change your life forever. Check that out. And then get on the Patreon, patreon.com slash pod you can join tier one now as a free trial there's an option on patreon now that they have uh where i can enable free trials so you can sign up for the patreon uh for a free trial now on tier one uh tiers two or tiers three you can't do free trials on because that's my coaching <laughs> right that's my coaching i'm not doing free trials for that tier three is full right now right? I've got my max number of one-on-one -on -one clients that I want to work with right now. That's full. Uh, if you do want to work with me still though, you can sign up for tier two and uh, we can do uh, the telegram coaching option where you get unlimited uh, text access to me, right? Text, voice messages, and video messages where like, let's say you're on a dating app and you need some help. You can send screenshots of it and send it to me over telegram and you know I'll reply back. I'm pretty pretty responsive with that. Um, and then with tier one, you get access to our new Telegram group where I'm adding all Telegram members to the group or at least making it available to them, whether they join the group or not. That's up to them. It's available though, so, okay? I put the link uh, to the group uh, on Patreon itself. So Patreon members, like all Patreon members, as soon as you sign up for this, could go and find that link and join the group, right? 
So uh, that's available to you too as well. Monday's episodes, these episodes are ad-free for all Patreon members. And you also get access to our monthly happy hour hangouts. That's an actual virtual hangout where we're meeting like this on video over StreamYard and we're all having drinks and we're just shooting the shit, right? It's not recorded. There's really no censorship, right? Just, you know, don't be a complete fucking asshole. No, don't, no, you know, have some social calibration, right? Don't show up and start jerking off on camera because we're, we're, we'll kick you out. You know, like we don't want to see that. There are some limits, right? But otherwise, don't worry about offending people, right? <laughs> Think about going to a public bar, okay? That's what this is like, but for men. It's men only. You don't have to worry about the whammon, right? But I do want to specify that because there's always going to be someone that's like, oh, I'm going to go there and really push the limits. He says that there's no rules. Um, you know, there's some nuance to this, okay? Don't be a dipshit. All right. My guest today is a man better known as Graybeard Actual. He's been on the podcast before. His name is, his real name is Ray. And he does a lot of videos on how intimacy is not the same as vulnerability and vice versa. Does a lot of stuff on masculinity. Um, you know, a lot of just general red pill type stuff. He's got a really big following on TikTok and on Instagram now. And I thought it would be good to have him back on so to talk about frame, right? Frame's always a fun topic to discuss. And a lot of guys have a hard time wrapping their brains around it. So brought Ray back on. We talk about frame today. And I will bring you that conversation right after these words. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Are you tired of holding back your thoughts and opinions? Ready to let loose with like-minded men? Introducing the ultimate monthly video-based happy hour for men. Join us for an exclusive unfiltered experience where you can talk about women, cars, movies, and anything else on your mind. Best of all, it's not recorded and there's no censorship. You can freely speak your mind without any worries. All you have to do is join my Patreon at tier number one and you'll gain access to this one-of-a-kind gathering. Visit patreon.com slash pod. That's patreon.com slash pod, Or click the link in the description. It's like the good old days when men would get together and talk about man stuff without being bothered by women. Sometimes guys just need a good group of men to hang out with. It's good for our mental health. Don't miss out on the camaraderie and conversation. Join us today and let your voice be heard. Visit my Patreon page and sign up now. Cheers to freedom of speech and great company. All right, returning to the podcast, my man, Ray Gardner, better known worldwide as Graybeard Actual. We're going to be talking about masculine frame today. What's going on, Ray? It's been a while. Well, just keeping up with all the content and anything new since the last time we talked is my TikTok used to be huge. Now my Instagram's huge and I'm kind of getting squatted on on TikTok. Who knows how that works, but that's where we're at now. Yeah. Uh I was going to ask you about that. You've been doing a lot of Instagram lives lately. And I was going to ask you why Instagram lives instead of TikTok lives. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about getting shadow banned and people make fun of it. Like 
it's not real. No, that's real. We, you can go back over. I have about a year's worth of, of uh, content now. You can see where I would average 10, 15, 20,000 views. And then all of a sudden, 2,000. And mm -hmm. then, you know, who knows how this happens or why? I don't know. But then Instagram blows up. So I, I gained 15,000 followers in one week on Instagram, right when they wow. made a big algorithm change because I was already doing pretty much everything they were looking for. So mm. up and so yeah. Long story short is um, Instagram. I, I used to not pay any attention to Instagram whatsoever. I mean, I would post stuff just to have a presence there, but then I didn't. I didn't really think much about it. And so yeah, now Instagram's where I'm at. Gotcha. Okay. Where people are watching, right? What's that? You have to go where people are watching. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's one of the reasons why I haven't left TikTok completely because. Like you said, my uh, shadow bands are real. I have a I have a guy that that edits clips for me. Uh, shout out Michael because he's probably watching. Um, he edits clips for me, and we got in this conversation about it. He's like, shadow bands aren't real. You know, you just gotta you know do this and this, and it's all about engaging content. I'm like, dude, you can't tell me. You can't tell me they're not real because if you look at my second TikTok account, which is you know my at Come On Man Pod account. I got up to like 23,000 followers and have it and it just hit a ceiling, just boom, hit a yep. wall. And then if you look at the views on it, it's like double digit views, triple digit views. I'll get like a hundred views on a video. And so and I, I start, yeah. So I started a new account and that same video will get 25,000 views. You know, it's like, there, you can't tell me that, that it's not, it's not a real thing. Yeah. And so, well, a lot of people just never make great content and they go, I'm shadow man. Like, no, you're not. You don't make good content. <laughs> right. So fair enough. Um, but it's a little bit harder to discern if you just went back through my, my old material, but I literally went from 15, 20,000 views per, per video. This is probably late last summer and overnight it went to, I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating five or six. Literally. five or six views yeah and so i got onto my all my followers and i started like hey share this please break this whatever and so it goes up and down and an interesting thing to note is when TikTok was and i don't know if this happened for everybody but for me when TikTok was in front of congress what a few weeks ago a month ago whatever it was uh, my views shot up so mm -hmm. i don't know if maybe they just kind of took some of those restraints off but my the whole week that TikTok was in front of Congress testifying, my views went right, mm. and so now, um, in the last I don't know two three weeks, I've had one video on TikTok. It's about thirty two thirty three thousand now. That same video on Instagram's five hundred sixteen thousand last I looked. Wow. Yeah. So there's a big difference there. And the point is, it's like if you see that big of a gap between views and platforms, somebody's throttling you back and you know who knows i don't know yeah because i see other so-called controversial stuff out there that's not being throttled back so I, I, you know i'm not trying to say i understand how it works but yeah i, I could go some really high views to really low so it, it is what it is what <clears throat> what is the instagram algorithm looking for because i have not been able to crack that nut <laughs> When they when they started talking, this is a month or so back now. When they started talking about the changes, they said, the, I, "There's one thing I don't do, which is to film in their um, to film in in Instagram." And I oh, always, yeah, their their camera sucks. Yeah, and they all do. And 
so I always film on my phone and then I put it in Adobe Rush and I edit and I, and I publish. But they were saying, you know, two stories in the morning, two stories in the afternoon, two stories in the evening. And so I do, I started doing a lot of memes and that's, that really works. Oh yeah. Me. I noticed my, my memes will take off. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, it was three to five hashtags and then oh, I'm trying to remember three to five hashtags story twice or, you know, twice in the morning, afternoon, et cetera. And then there was something else I'm forgetting and then film in their, in their format, which I'm not going to do. But yeah. the point is, is I was already, Oh, they just want original. Then everybody wants that. They just want original. I don't know if it really, if, a, if you stitch a few seconds of somebody else's video, if that really counts, that they don't want you just replaying other people's stuff. And so you do original, you, um, you know, post X amount of times a day, do your stories, et cetera, et cetera. And I was already doing all that except for filming in their format. And then that week, literally 15,000 new followers in a week. It just shot up. Wow. One thing I've been doing lately that seems to be helping a lot. And I learned this from my video editor, Michael, though, is that uh, you can use AI to generate descriptions and hashtags for your content that's SEO optimized because TikTok loves SEO now. Yes. And then you can also use it to generate um, like a hook. So like a, you know, you know, flash up, you know, title of the video. That's the hook of the video. You can get AI to generate that. And I'm like, oh, that's actually been working out pretty good for me. Just yeah. having AI write everything. <laughs> I'm terrible. Uh, all right. Let's talk about masculine frame though. People <clears throat> tune in to, to get, to get Instagram advice. Um, so I'm reading this book right now. It's uh, Ryan Stone's book on on uh, frame, and he describes it as a tetrahedron, and he lists various pillars. Have you have you read that book yet? I know of it, but I'm not read it yet. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, I highly recommend it. It's it's really good so far. Although, <laughs> basically, like it's it's more about like self actualization for men, right? Like that's the whole yeah. concept of it. And one of the things I, you know, he's trying to tell guys is, you know, just basic stuff, you know, like you need to have good hygiene and stuff like that. Right. And one of the things that he talks about is like fashion for men. And one of the things that he shits on is graphic tees. So I gave him a bunch of shit. I was like, you could take my graphic tees from my cold dead hands, Ryan. I think graphic tees will come down to what your physique is, to be honest. Oh yeah. And not that, you know, a Justin Waller or somebody with a you know good physique, you put on a button-down shirt and a suit, you're gonna look good. That's fine. And I, I years ago, I've been in a situation where nobody knew me but for shorts and t-shirts. And then for whatever reason, there's I like a funeral one day. It's a long story, but I showed up in a suit and tie, and all the girls were like, "Woo!" You know. And so you can have an impact with certain kinds of dress, but, and I know I know you've talked about this before. You just have to have a style. Mm -hmm. So I have a very, me personally, I have a very laid back style. Um, I'm six foot tall. I'm about 197. I'm muscular, tiny waist, broad shoulders, all that. You know, I've been doing the work. And so I can wear a pair of loose fitting billabong shorts and a shirt that kind of shows off the chest a little bit and some sandals. There you go. Mm -hmm. And it, it works at a wedding. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. But yeah, so just kind of have, you know, uniform of sorts, have a, have a look and you know, I, I'm pretty sure you've mentioned this in some of your posts recently. It's like, 
you know, droopy jeans and a shirt that doesn't fit right. It's too big. It's too whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't do that. I mean, first of all, be in shape. And then if you're in shape, you want to show that shape off, right? Yeah. That, that just makes sense. Yeah. And so I don't, so it, it's, it's dependent on where you're at and the station of life and, you know, the event or whatever, but um, yeah, look good. Hygiene. Who, how, how do you not know that? Not you, but obviously. But. Dude, well, you were in the military. <laughs> I remember one time I was in the Navy. I've told this story on the podcast before. I had a, I had a, a guy in my watch rotation that just had the, the the worst hygiene, and you know my my. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the last podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had to tell this guy like, dude, you got to shower every day, man. Like it's just like it's such an awkward conversation to you know to have to bring up with people, but like some guys just don't know. You know, it's kind of it's kind of sad, but. Yeah, is what it is. So, so let me ask you this: If you had to give frame a definition, how would you define it? So, that is, I got my little notes over here. Um, I get this question a lot because I'll mention frame. I'll, I'll, you know, in my content, I'll say if a guy is in his frame, et cetera, et cetera, and then guys are like, "What's that mean?" Mm -hmm. And there's so many small variables and details. And so I've tried to break it down and it's not so much of a one, two, three kind of a list, but the very obvious foundation is, and this is the phrase I use a lot, is to be objectively masculine. If you're going to be objectively masculine, not subjective. So subjectively masculine is what is a good man mm -hmm. or what is a real man? And I talk about it quite a bit, avoid people Okay, maybe not avoid, but be careful of people that use the phrase what a real man does. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of guys out there that talk about what a real man does. And I might mostly agree with what they're saying. But if you don't understand how subjective that that terminology is to say a real man, hold up. You're not really thinking this through. You need to stop and think about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many variables in what somebody would consider a real man. So bottom line is what is objectively masculine? And you could get into, um, you know, physically strong men are just physically stronger than than women and so the traits are not always going to be necessarily exclusive to men but they will be unique to men so mm -hmm. can a woman be physically strong sure but if a woman is not physically strong do we hold it against her no that's she's still feminine mm -hmm. whereas a man that is physically weak for his status you don't have to be the strongest guy in the gym setting the bench press record. You don't have to be that guy. But if a guy is relatively weak, he's just not going to be seen as, as manly. He just isn't. Mm -hmm. right? And so like even on things like courage, can women and even children be courageous? Sure. But that's exceptional. The strong woman, physically strong woman is exceptional. The courageous woman that would charge into a dangerous situation to save whoever, that's exceptional and it's commendable. But if she doesn't do it and she runs away, nobody faults her for that. Whereas the man that is physically weak or lacks courage, I joked around on, I don't know if you know Jason Smith, I did his podcast a couple of weeks ago and we got into this and I said, you know, there's surveillance cameras everywhere, right? And so you as the sole man there, wherever you're at, and some bad stuff happens. It's a natural disaster. It's a robbery. It's, it's whatever. It's you and other women and children. You don't want that surveillance camera marking your legacy as outrunning the women and children. You will mm. be.
right? So the man needs to be physically strong. He needs to be courageous. He needs all these. I, I could go keep going on the list. He needs to be in stoic command of his emotions and so on and so on. But the bottom line is, if you're not objectively masculine, how are you going to have masculine Frank? Mm-hmm. And then from there, if you go going on from there, you have to be objectively masculine. Now, how to hold that frame being masculine. And this is obviously a, a Rolo term, but mental point of origin. Are you your own mental point of origin? And I've made a few posts on this. And I, the, the example that most people seem to get is the guy, he has a gym routine. He gets a new girlfriend. Now he's sleeping over. Well, me personally, I get up on gym days at 3.30. I'm at the gym by 4, so on and so on. If I get a new girlfriend and she's like wanting me to sleep in, and let's face it, sex is a strong potential there because, hey, we're cuddling or whatever. If the guy that will change his gym schedule so he can sleep in with the girlfriend versus just, no, no, Monday is leg day, 4.05 a.m., I will be on the squat rack, Mm -hmm. right? And so men start to make these changes thinking it's no big deal. No, it is a big deal. I'm going to the gym that early for a reason because it works for me. I've done this for years. And so what I don't do is make these fundamental changes in my life to accommodate her. Mm -hmm. Right. And so whether it's being physically strong, objectively masculine or mental point of origin, and then ultimately abundance mindset versus scarcity mindset. And that's the notes I made earlier. That's what I was trying to think on is the three things that go into masculine frame is obviously be masculine. That's the objective masculinity. Secondarily, are you, are you your own mental point of origin? And number three is what is your mindset? Mm-hmm. Scarcity versus abundance. Who, who are you? What's your confidence level? What's going on? And I think all of that, and you could talk about any one of those subtopics for an hour, but all of those things go into make what masking the frame really is. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I would say if, if I were to define it, it would kind of be multifaceted, just like you were talking about. Right. Uh, You know, some people sort of think of frame as just being in control of your emotions, you know, being stoic or whatever. I, I, I do think that's the most important part. It's very, it's, it's, it's definitely a part of it. Right. If you can't control your own emotions, what do the feminists attack most? What do the feminists attack most commonly? And we're supposed to be emotionally open, vulnerable, and other things. It's the the emotional reaction that a man has that defines how we react, really, right? That's how that that's what defines how we behave in this world. And so, if they can convince enough men to be more more emotionally open and vulnerable, and other stuff, that affects how we react to things and how we interact with the women in our in our lives. And so, I didn't, you know, really totally go down that path on this, the stoic command of emotion, as I always call it. But I think that's the number one thing, to be honest, even beyond physical strength and everything else, is how do we react to life in general? It could be a problem working, problem with the woman. If I'm in stoic command of my emotions, that means above all else, I'm, I am in my frame. She, she gives me a shit test. Am I in command of my emotions? I can handle that shit test. Um, at work, somebody's stressing me out or some bullshit thing in my command of my emotions. Am I losing my shit or am I cowering? You know, either way, right? Where I, do I just meet that stress with just a, a good, even keeled level of response? 
And it's the same with women. Just don't lose your shit. Don't show your emotions. You're, you're a sailor. You, you, you know the, you keep your military bearing, right? And, you know, just don't lose your cool. You stay in control. So if you're going to keep your frame, I'm in control of my emotions. You cannot get me upset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I definitely think that's, uh, that's super important. I also look at it like it's your, it's your worldview and like, and also how you view yourself too. Right. And anything that sort of challenges your worldview or how you see yourself, like, let's say a woman is shit testing you. Right. Because now that's a, that's sort of a challenge on how you view yourself sometimes. And if you sort of react to it, like it's uh, it, like anything that's outside of your frame, like it's amusing, <laughs> you yeah. know, it, it becomes, it becomes pretty easy to not fall into someone else's frame because as soon as you start getting upset by that and reacting, now you're like in your head thinking yep. about, well, are they right? And uh, you know, it, it's, it's like, well, man, when I was in first grade, I used to have a teacher, Mrs. Rundle, shout out to Mrs. Rundle. She's still around. Uh, I would go up to her, you know, like, like little kids do and be like, Oh, you know, so-and-so called me this name. You know, they, they called me, you know, a poopy face or whatever. She'd be like, are you a poopy face? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, no. Well, well then why are you mad about it? You know, it's sort of, uh, that's how you, that's how I look at it. Right. It's like anything that's outside of how you view yourself or how you view the world. You know? And you can even think of it like in terms, cause I know you get a lot of hate too, because you say controversial things. Yeah. Think about it just online and the people that come at you in the comment section and you have to stop even smart, rational people. We have to stop and remind ourselves. I'm talking to some purple haired feminist dude in his mom's basement and mm -hmm. I'm going to sit here and waste calories, you know, like, okay, whatever, just be in control of your emotions. And that's half the battle right there, if not more. Oh yeah. Yeah. What I've, I've found with that sort of thing is I just like to ask more questions, Yeah, you know, and it is more like, uh, man, it's almost like a form of fogging, right. Where they'll, yes. they'll, they'll say something like, Oh, you've got little dick energy, right. I'll just reply back. I have little dick energy question mark. Right. And then it just keeps them talking. Right. It keeps them getting in their feels. It's just kind of a funny thing to do. I think. Yeah, the engagement going too. The, the the most common thing in the comments, and I cut my teeth debate wise. I was never in the debate club, and I mentioned to somebody uh, earlier today even that pre social media, the internet was the wild west. We were on these internet forums, and some of them, some of them would really blow up and be really big. And I got in some hellacious debate battles that would go on for days and even well not weeks but it would go on for a while and that sounds kind of silly but at the time you know i'm in my 20s and i'm very logical i'm very uh straightforward and i always try to present everything so it, well you know it's logically so it's, it's so it's it's bulletproof right but when you're 20 something and just kind of fired up then i caught myself or at least other people caught me I would get in these arguments and I would overstate something. I would speak with 100% certainty about something that I really wasn't 100% certain of. And so the point is, is it did help sharpen me to be better in an argument. And then I, I don't know if I mentioned it the last time, but uh, my background is um, I'm apostolic Pentecostal backslidden preacher. <laughs> and that's kind of where I get my speaking ability and, and where I came from all this and the reason I even started to get into the whole masculinity question is because I was in church and I saw this 
lessening of masculinity in church in general. And so to the whole point is, is it, all this over time helped me sharpen my skills that maybe not even debate because nobody really debates. They just yell at each other. But when I get into my comment section and I get some really weird stuff, I understand I'm not going to change this person's mind. I understand that most of these people are people I would never engage with in real life. However, my followers are reading these comments and the, my replies to these people get dozens, if not hundreds sometimes of, of likes. So the point is, I feel like I'm educating or at least edifying the people that are, are that are reading these things, right? And so the standard comment that I get is, I will say ABC, and that provokes an emotional reaction in somebody, and they come back with XYZ. And I go, no, no, I never mentioned XYZ. You're, in, you're interjecting that into the conversation. It doesn't make any sense. Then we go back and forth, and I'm in this fruitless conversation of trying to explain logic to some irrational whatever and but the point is is there are people that are edified by that because i go back later and look at how many people like that those comments my replies and people get something from it so they see they see that i said x in a comment or a post and then the other person just goes off on the rails so on and so on and, and just just stay on topic just stay on topic don't mm-hmm. don't let them get you upset. Don't let them do all that dumb shit. Stay on topic. What are, what was said? What was not said? Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, this sort of is a good segue to the next question I have, which is, how does having a strong masculine frame benefit men in their personal and professional lives? I mean, clearly, we use it when we're dealing with haters on the online, you know, not just with women. So, how how would you say it's it's it could benefit guys in all areas of their life. Well, I think everything comes down to confidence, right? And it's easy to be confident if you're physically, whatever, imposing and so on. What I started to notice when I was late 20s, early 30s, and I really started to try to kind of study men in general, successful men, how to, how I could be successful. And the main thing I walked away with was... Um, the main thing I walked away with was successful men knew how to pull the plug on a situation. Let's call it a negotiation in business or whatever it is. They knew how to draw back and not be hostage to what was happening. And so I had a revelation at the time. It's too much to get into the details, but it was really about being confident in your own skin. So if a man, young or old, if you can be confident in your own skin and you know what you're about, and I know some of this can come off as kind of like empty motivational talk, but it's real. So if I know what I'm about, I'm confident in my own skin, whether it's at work or wherever, and I know I'm right, and I know what the situation is, I'm in, I'm my job, my day job, it's a very high pressure, a lot of deadlines. It's, it's a lot going on. And so people fire back at me every time a cell is lost, which isn't every day, thank God. But it happens and you don't freak out, you don't whatever. I can come back and say, here's the record. Here's what really happened. And so I'm really good at my job because I don't get flustered. And I think that really comes down to, am I comfortable in my own skin? Do I know what I'm doing? Am I confident in who I am and where I'm at? 
Now that doesn't happen overnight. If you're 22 or 25 or 32, you know, depending on where you're at, but that's a goal to, to get to. That's what you have to get to is, am I competent and confident in what I'm doing? And if I'm not, why not fix it? Make yourself so. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the kind of the key to masculine frame in general, outside of dating and romance is, are you competent? Do you know what you're doing? Why are you there? And then you translate over into the romantic is, well, that gets into scarcity and abundance mindset and different things. But I, I think it's kind of a confidence in who you are and where you're at. You know, that confidence in your being, being comfortable in your own skin kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. As speaking of confidence, how can men develop and cultivate a strong sense of confidence? Do you think? My, my go-to on everything, and I recently found some actual scientific evidence on this, um, activity. And so, of course, go to the gym. Why wouldn't you go to the gym? Go to the damn gym. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to even me being in my late teens. I was a, a personal trainer. I was in the Marine Corps. I was just a gym rat. And I realized that when men are active, they're, they're happier, right? Mm-hmm. And then Joe Rogan posted something a couple of weeks ago, whatever it was. There's a study out of South Australia, one of the universities that basically shows how exercise and then they get really deep into hormones and everything else that I already understand about. But um, exercise in general is one and a half times more effective than therapy and or me- medications for depression. Mm. Right? So if a man's going to do something, and I haven't posted on recently that I have before that kind of my opinion kind of backed up by by some of the research is if you get to the gym and you make a really good physique and it doesn't happen overnight and i'm not afraid of sounding cocky or whatever but at the same time i don't want to just come across as being you know using hyperbole but i'm telling you i'm six foot tall i'm 197 pounds i have a really good physique i walk into a room and people stop and look at me that right there this confidence, it, it just is. You walk in, everybody goes, who's this guy, right? And then knowing how to fight, pick your art. I, I mentioned, I like boxing more than uh, jujitsu, but fine, whatever. And, I get, and I've done both, but I get a lot of hate on that. Like, oh, this is better. It's Chevy versus sport, whatever. And those, those jujitsu do- guys, those jujitsu guys, they like sucking each other's dicks. I swear to God. <laughs> They love talking about how jujitsu is the best. It's like, oh, come on. And, you know, you know jujitsu is very useful. It really is. It's guy's is. place. It's guy's place. But I started at 21 as a bouncer in a, kind of a high traffic, high volume, volume bar. And you just, if you can, stay off the ground, please. Just stay off the ground. He has a buddy and you're trying to set an arm bar. And he's smashing a fucking long neck bottle of your head. If you can stay off the ground, just stay off the ground. But the point is, learn how to fight. Learn how to do something. Yeah. Do jujitsu, fight, whatever. Get in the gym, make a fantastic physique. I don't mean just, oh, I don't have a belly anymore. No, no. You need, you need, blow your traps up. I mean, I should take my shirt off, whatever. Blow your traps up. That's the, if, if you're going to work out, you're going to work out and you're going to get a good physique. So it's not like this is crazy advice, but really focus on doing some deep, heavy dumbbell shrugs where you're bringing that up if you get a big neck and blow your traps up and get those get the, your delts going i'm telling you what it just makes such a huge difference it doesn't learn how to throw a punch learn how to have at least avoid an arm bar mm-hmm. 
right? You don't have to be a black belt in jiu-jitsu. You don't have to be golden gloves boxing, but know how to throw a punch, know how to slip a punch. Don't be all wild. Uh, the reason I even originally got into boxing myself was as a 21-year-old uh, bartender and bouncer, I was in the Marine Corps with some guys from New York that were golden glove boxers. Mm-hmm. And I would watch a smaller guy that knew how to move. He'd be, you know, in this big guy just throwing haymakers and that little guy, whoop, 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 and really fucked the larger guy up. But I go, I need a box. That was yeah. pretty impressive. I need to do that. And so, yeah, how to, how to put all that into action, I, you know, kind of maybe got off on a rail there, but if, if you're going to avoid anxiety, if you're going to avoid depression, if you're going to, what's the good word for it? If you're going to engage this masculine frame, you need to do masculine things. Mm-hmm. You need to walk through a public place and be confident, not that you can kick everybody's ass, but you need to be confident in that you can take care of yourself. If yeah. somebody's going to really mess with me, they're going to have a hard time about it. This might be a good time to plug. Uh, John John Fitch has a practical uh, self-defense course, and I, I've got a link to it in the description. I don't talk about it enough, but there's a link in the description. If you I know who he is. I've not watched his stuff, but he's a fighter, so he's going to say basically the same thing. <laughs> Former MMA champion. Yeah. yeah. You know, he was, uh, yeah, he was in UFC. He was a Bellator, you know, he, dude knows what he's talking about. <laughs> he's and a good dude. Confidence. So I, I taught two years at a private Christian school years ago. And I was the only guy there. Well, not the only guy. I was the only fit young guy there. And they wanted me to, te- I taught other things. I taught science and algebra, but they wanted me to teach uh, gym class, of course, whatever. And I took all these sheltered, overly, I'm not anti-church. I'm still, I'm still a Christian, but this is one of those churches. They had their boys so sheltered and I knew that there's some good athletes in here. There's some good young men and they were just so sheltered. And I went out and this is Arizona. So I could do this kind of all weather. And I went and got you know, a, a mobile uh, stand for the heavy bag and the speed bag and all that. And I taught you, I taught these guys how to, how to box a little bit. At least I taught them how to throw a punch and we put the gloves on and I teach them, We'd start slow motion, how to how to slip that, you know, how to move without being crazy, you know, and, and really wasting all your energy energy just moving around. And I had three different guys in the la- in the next couple of years after they graduated, they come up and they said, Yeah, that helped. All three of them never got in a fight. The guys gave me these stories. What they said was short version is they get into these situations where somebody's challenging them and they were not timid. Right. They, 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 you know, your, your adrenaline's up They're They're thinking, Oh my, this is going to happen. But they had enough confidence to stand the ground and go, all right, I got this. And the guy's back down, you know? Mm-hmm. So to your original questions, like what's a guy do? You need to be active. You really need to be active, you know, get your hormones checked. Where's your testosterone compared to your age, all that be active, be learning how to fight, be starting your new business, be whatever it is you're doing. If a man is not active, he's dying. There's no in between. You're moving forward, or you're you're in a state of decay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, shifting gears a little bit, what role does self awareness play in maintaining masculine frame? Well, people in general, men and women, we're going to lie to ourselves, right? 
And so self-awareness, when I think about self-awareness, is like how, all right, here's a side thing. Um, I'm a big fan of the big five personality test, but I never talk about my content because it's too easy to take one of those tests and lie to yourself. Every single time in my personal life that I've ever encouraged somebody to take that big five personality test, they come back and they're answering the questions in such a way. They're answering the questions as they want to see themselves and they're not being honest with themselves. Mm. And so self-awareness is just really being, who am I? What am I doing here? Right. And so if you take something like the big five and I'm not into all personality tests, all that Briggs Myers, that's all crap. That's like modern day horoscope bullshit. Mm-hmm. But, it's chick crack. Yeah, yeah it is. It totally. <laughs> Um, but I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a fan of the big five. If a person is self-aware and they're not prone to lying to themselves. And so the bottom line is, why did you fail? Anybody, why did you fail at your latest business, your job, your promotion, your entrepreneurial thing, whatever we talked about shadow banning earlier, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, why am I really shadow banned? Can I look back at my content? and see where I had a lot of views. If you can't, you're not shadow banned. (laughs) It's just not, you know, whatever. And so um, self-awareness is really just saying, I'm going to be perfectly honest with myself. I'm going to own whatever thing. All right. So I've been stuck in middle, middle management in corporate America for 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I have to own the fact that, I'm, I'm a, I'm an assertive person. I'm very competent. I get raises and promotions, but I'm always right below that vice president level. And they always tell me, Hey, you're in line for that vice president job. And I know I ain't getting it because I don't, I don't play, I don't play well with others. And that's not me like, Oh, you know, I'm a rebel. No, if you're going to be in corporate world, you have to play the corporate game and I don't do it very well. Mm-hmm. So I have to own the fact that I'm at least, you know, somewhat, um, to blame. And so I'm doing what I'm doing now. I'm never going to make that vice president level because I, I just don't, I work at it, man. I try, but I, I have, the point is, is I have to own the fact that I don't have that kind of personality and it's not blaming them. I just don't fit in well with that crowd. Mm-hmm. And so I can't say, I can't be self-aware. I can't say they're not fair or it's not fair or, you know, they, they gave me the shaft. I can't say that. I have to understand that I've not always played well with others and I blow people off and I, I make arguments out of things I probably shouldn't make arguments out of. And now I'm never going to make vice president. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of look at that sort of situation. Uh, like when it comes to, you know, relationships, cause you, man, a lot of guys in the red pill space think that the, 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 the whole idea of, of red pill is about holding women accountable and, you know, these bitches ain't shit and <laughs> stuff like that. But it's like when you're truly self-aware, you realize, like, I can't change women. Or I can't change, like, what women do. I can only change myself. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. You yeah. Got, I, I can't. It, so holding them accountable, like, what does that even mean? You know, it's like I can, hold, I can only hold myself accountable and make actions uh, and changes in myself to get the results I want. I can't change what, what these chicks are doing. I had an old post from like, I think late last summer where I made a thing about body count 
And I said, men don't ask about body count. Yeah. Is it important? Yeah, technically, but you're never going to know. And the short takeaway is I was telling guys, don't ask. Mm-hmm. Number one, you're dating her and you're going out with her. So presumably you want to get with her or date her or whatever. And you're going to ask a very offensive question that number one's offensive. Number two makes you look insecure, whether that's insecurity or not. It's not the point. That's how they're going to read it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what it was. This was two or three, two, two or three weeks ago. You had posted something, not about body count, but something along those same lines of, of not questioning. I should look that up before I thought of it. Anyway, the, the point is, is like, if you're going to throw yourself out there and ask these questions, you just look like a, you look. Oh, like, it, it was, it was probably the video about, uh, the guy who called the woman up on the phone and was yeah, like, yeah. like, why'd you give me your number if you didn't want me to call? Like, that's dumb as hell and all this stuff. Yeah. And I was like, why are you guys putting this out on the internet? Because it's not going to change her behavior. What she's going to do is take your recording yeah. and then play it on TikTok for clout and make you look like a dipshit. Like, it's that's not going to yeah. do anything, you know? <laughs> yeah, that was the post. And I thought and that made me go back and repost that uh, post I had on body count. And it's like, guys... You can't always confront things like that. It, it just makes you look silly. Mm-hmm. And to the larger point is engage with people. It, this works for, you know, workship uh, at work and wherever, but especially relationships is just learn, get to learn, get to know them, learn who they, learn who they are. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you're two, three weeks in and you sit and listen to these stories. And if she has something to hide, Within three weeks, you're going to hear enough of her basic stories. If there's something to hide, these stories, you're going to be able to connect the dots. And I've had this happen a number of times. Date, I've been divorced for three years now. And you just stop and listen, and they connect these stories for you. Mm-hmm. And if you're always, like, asking dumb questions with your body count, well, they can tell you anything. That's stupid. Mm-hmm. Or like the, the voicemail thing that you got on. It's like, why are you even doing that? Just stop. Just let let these people be who they are. Let them show you their real selves. If you keep challenging them on certain things, they're going to put a guard up. They're going to hide their whatever. You know, just shut up mm-hmm. and listen and let them tell you what they're all about. That's all it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. It also goes back to what we were talking about with self-awareness. It's like you need to ask yourself why, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to call the girl out for one Two, what result do you think is going to happen with it? Do you think she's going to change her behavior? You know, cause well, that's, that's stoic command of emotions. Yeah. Is anybody really stop and think about that for a hot second? She's not going to change because you left a nasty, insecure, goofy voicemail. You're just venting. Yeah. You're, you're just going off. You're acting and, like a woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, that's a very effeminate approach and you just want to get your two cents in and you're going to leave that voicemail and think that you feel justified. But I told her, yeah, yeah you look like an ass. you're going to, you're going to make yourself feel better maybe, but it's not going to change the, the situation and you're just going to look like a, like an asshat, you know? Yeah. So it's <laughs> and you know, I don't, I don't want to encourage anybody to just reach out and be mean or get back or vengeance. That's not a healthy mindset, but if you really want to think about it, if you really want to stick the dagger in and, and stick it to him, just don't never talk to him again. There you go.
right? Right. Time, 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 and attention is currency, and yeah. if you just if you remove it, you know that's your yeah. leverage. <laughs> you just disappear. There's nothing worse than no attention whatsoever. Yeah, especially especially for the women. Um, so part of a part of frame, in my opinion, is setting and enforcing boundaries. Um, how can men effectively set and enforce personal boundaries within a relationship? This is where I always draw on Rolo quite a bit. And I have my own content. <laughs> um, but when I when I specifically cite somebody, I always have to, you know, say that. But Rolo's so good on the oh, how's he say it shit? Um demonstrate don't explicate right yeah demonstrate don't explicate and yeah. so i had been married for 22 years got divorced july of 2020 so i'm coming up in that three-year mark um and i never totally lost my frame or anything but you kind of get in a vibe of kind of in especially in a bad marriage you're just trying to make things work when i started dating and again i wasn't totally over the top simping kind of stuff but i would catch myself and I, even in the, in the moment right because i didn't find red pill rollo all that until i'd been single for maybe a year and it was it was really good obviously but to the point is is i would catch myself confronting like you know dating a woman and she's still following her ex five or six weeks later and she's telling me she loves me i'm like mm, no that's hold up you know and that's what's turned into one of the phrases I use a lot. If I'm dating somebody, if any man is dating somebody past a certain time frame, and she, you know, she loves you, all this other stuff, but thoughts of me are not crowding out thoughts of her or him, sorry, right? And so the whole point is, is um, as you get into these kinds of things and you start to uh, address your frame, how do I hold that frame up? How do I, how do I, how's this work? Right. So am I going to say, hey, quit following that guy? No. Mm -hmm. And I, I make memes on this all the time because it needs to be repeated. If if she's following somebody she shouldn't be following or she's doing something she shouldn't be doing, let her do that. And so am I ever going to confront and, and how do I hold frame when I see that boundaries are being broken? I'm trying to think of where boundaries might be more overtly expressed I, I might be thinking i might be leaving something out but it, the way i do it and the way i think of it is boundaries don't necessarily need to be overtly expressed mm -hmm. and i'm sure there's exceptions i'll leave it out but generally speaking is the boundaries are are you crazy for me are you into me are we dating for five or six weeks and you're still you're not going to post me on facebook and you're still following an ex-boyfriend mm -hmm. that doesn't need to be an express boundary that just shows me who you are and where I stand in your life. And so, yeah, I'm probably leaving something out that you could, you could do some more express um, upfront boundaries, but generally speaking, just let, let them be who they're going to be. And if they violate it case by case basis, but you know, um, yeah. let them violate it once or twice and then go, hold up, this isn't working. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there, there are, there's a time and a place to, to, express you know boundaries uh verbally because you know you also can't you can't expect women to read your mind either but yeah i hear i hear what you're saying if if uh you know a woman's doing something like that like following uh you know an ex ex-boyfriend or something like that and um 
and then you just like you remove your your attention from her too. I mean, that's <laughs> you know, be like, okay, well, if you're following that guy, yep. you know, and then just just peace out. Like yep. that's that's letting her know that there's a, a boundary and that there's a consequence for violating it. Uh, yeah, I could see that. And when I first started dating, you know, after the divorce, I never totally violated that, but I would catch myself going down that road where I'm saying, Hey, should you be doing this or whatever? And then we're in this kind of negotiation thing of, well, it, okay. If I quit following this guy, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, now I don't know if you really, you know, so just step back and wait and give it a few weeks. You know, again, a lot of case by case kind of situations there, but maybe it's not totally exclusive or whatever's going on. But the point is give it a few more weeks. And she's like, Oh, I love you. Blah, blah, blah. And she's still following that guy. All right. I'm not going to discuss it. I'm out. We're good. Yeah. yeah so that's what, uh, like Ryan stone says that a lot too. Like, don't, don't talk, walk, you know, that's <laughs> sort of like an action speak louder than words thing. Um, can you discuss the importance of assertiveness and how men can develop this trait? Well, um, so there's a, there's a overlap with assertiveness and aggressiveness and kind of what I mentioned about my own workplace scenario. I not recently, but I have in the past kind of violated the aggression assertiveness. And so bottom line though, is assertiveness tells people in a romantic relationship or the workplace, right? Assertiveness tells everybody, you're not going to take shit. I'm going to take care of what I need to do. And that signals that number one, you're competent, even if you're not actually, <laughs> it signals that at least you believe in yourself. And so in a relationship, and I can go both ways in a workplace and relationship, but like in a relationship, if I'm assertive, I'm, I'm signaling to the woman I'm competent and, and confident enough that I'm not going to let anybody take advantage of us. We're safe because, we, and it is true. I know it gets, the, it gets a lot of weird play, but women need to feel safe. Right. And so when I'm assertive, I'm making her feel safe. And then like for a parallel in the workplace, and I mentioned I'm in a pretty high pressure job is that um, when I kick back in, they're not going to, my superiors are never going to get rid of me. I get my raises and promotions and whatever. Why? Because when they know they're wrong, I don't sit there and tuck my tail and roll into it. Right. I kick back and I go, no, this is this is not how that works. And so either way, workplace, uh, relationship, life in general, when you're assertive, well, it ties in. I don't know if you even did that purposely, but that ties in perfectly to your last thing on boundaries. So you cannot have boundaries without being assertive. Mm -hmm. right? And even going back to, you know, 47 minutes ago is I'm going to be objectively masculine. I'm going to set these boundaries for who I am as a man and to be masculine. And then as I move into my masculine frame, how am I going to maintain that? Will I have assertiveness? I have boundaries and so on. And so, yeah, again, don't know if you did that purposely, but you can't have boundaries without being assertive. Mm -hmm. Have my window open. The helicopter's too loud. Um, yeah. Like what's going on? Are they, they, they coming for you. You got that's, the that's, it's not black. It's not black. It's a medevac. Uh, oh, they're not the black helicopters. Okay. We yeah, but so assertiveness ties into having boundaries, and you can't have one without the other. 
right? Yeah. Have you read, have you read, uh, when I say no, I feel guilty. No. Okay. It's I'm reading it because, um, on the old, on the old, uh, married red pill subreddit, they have a sidebar series, right? Where recommended reading, you know, roll those books on there. Uh, the, the Married Man's Sex Life Primer by El- Athel K is on there. And this book, it's by uh, Dr. Man- Manuel J. Smith, I think. And it's all about communicating effectively uh, or effective assertive communication, right? And, uh-huh. a, and a lot of it is about identifying when people are trying to manipulate you. And a lot of that is, you know, people aren't, they, they don't realize that they're manipulating you, but anytime someone says you should do this, you should, you shouldn't be telling guys this, you know, that's technically manipulative uh, communication. It's a ma- manipulative communication style. And so this book teaches you how to recognize it and then very clearly assert what it is that you want or what you're trying to do. And uh, it's it's actually a pretty fascinating book. You know, it's it, a lot look, of guys should read it. I'll look that up. But as you're saying that, what makes me think of is I have some highly manipulative people in my family. <laughs> yes. I have an older sister. And to be fair, we love each other, but we don't get along. Short version. Um, always take care of family, right? She would She would claw your eyes out if you said something bad about me. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't like me. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Uh, but she's a highly manipulative person. And so I literally grew up with an older sibling that was constantly manipulating. Short version to what you were saying, though, is you can start to recognize. And here's what messes me up or used to mess me up was um, you start to think that they really think that that they were they clever enough to calculate that out. And I think to what you just said, I think what most people, men or women, need to understand is uh, instinctively manipulative people, they may be dumb or smart, whatever. They're not calculating that out. They're not that clever. And you, you kind of touched on a little bit. It just comes out. They don't even realize they're doing it. They're, they're going to ask, ask certain questions or point the conversation a certain way. And they're just going to be manipulative. And you okay. just have to recognize well, it's like I mentioned in the comments earlier, um, you know, talking about comment section on the socials is I will say a certain thing and somebody else responds with something I didn't really even say, yeah. but it trigger an emotional response and you kind of get off on the side path. So that's what manipulative people do is you can say hey, whatever, you know, oh, I had a hard day at work or my girlfriend this or whatever. And they go, Oh, did that bother you? <laughs> my sister will do that. You know, like she, and I, she's a smart girl. She's not stupid, but here's the thing. She's not calculating that out. So I can say, oh, my ex-wife did this or my girlfriend did that. And she'll go, oh, did that bother you? What brought that about? And if you, and I know better now, but if you take the bait on that next question, five minutes later, you're defending yourself and you're like, where'd this come from? How'd this happen? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, one of the, ex- the examples, I, uh, the chapter I'm listening to now, the guy's talking about uh, this this gal whose mom always wants her to come over to her house. And she she always feels like she has to come over to her mom's house for dinner on the weekends, you know? And she's like, I just don't want to go over there. And so her mom calls her and she starts doing this, uh, this assertive communication stuff. And her mom's like, well, I really want you to come over this weekend. And she's like, Oh, I I'm sure you do want me to come over this weekend, 
but I'm, I've got things to do. I'm not going to come over. Yeah. And then her mom's like, did we say something to make you upset? You know, and all of a sudden just like, you know, this whole woe is me. That, that was like, dude, that is my mom. Spot on. <laughs> my mom is that person who just wants to, just makes you feel like, oh, you know, oh, you're just picking on me. And yeah. And gaslighting, it's like narcissism. Gaslighting gets overused a lot. Yeah. But that's gaslighting. And yeah. that, that's probably two things. And they're very actually overlap if you read some books on logic. The gaslighting and the straw man argument, they, they both overlap. One's kind of the other. And it happens all the time. And what you're doing is you're dealing with somebody else's emotional reaction to what you just said or did. And they have this emotional reaction. And if people aren't thinking, and I talked a little bit about this in my content, and it's kind of hard. It's not a red meat kind of subject. You're not going to get a lot of clicks on it. But if you could teach, if we could teach more men in general, like this is the stoic command of emotion for masculinity. Just <laughs> calm the fuck down. <laughs> Don't have a reaction. Yeah. And so your girlfriend, your mom, your mother-in-law, whoever says, blah, blah, blah. You know, and you go, man, ah, there you go. And you just don't react. Just like nothing. Just yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The other day, the other day, I like, I forgot to invite my mom to some kind of event that my kids were doing. And she was like, Oh, <laughs> you hate me and all this stuff. And I, and I, she starts getting all mad. And, uh, I finally just asked her, I was like, you know, mom, what's really bugging you? Cause I know, it, I know it's not this what's really bugging you. And then of course she just like, you know, emotionally dumped all of her shit on me. <laughs> I was like, I knew it. I knew it. It wasn't, it had nothing to do with this, you know, this thing, but uh, yeah, it's man. It's all these tools are so good for guys to, to, to understand and, and realize, cause they'll, they'll just be able to handle things so much better, better, you know? Um, and it all comes down, it comes down to their, their, their frame, you know, building yep. up their frame. Uh, so, let me ask. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, let me uh, maybe ask one more question about frame, and then uh, we could probably wrap this up. Um, oh, this is a good one because I think that we talked, we touched on this the last time you were on, and this is also like when it's sort of like your bread and butter. <laughs> Can you discuss the relationship between vulnerability and maintaining a masculine frame? All right. So the funny thing is. I knew the vulnerability topic was out there a year ago when I started my social media, but I had no idea it was such a touchstone for the feminist left. Um, so for people that haven't heard me or you talk about this vulnerability, look it up. We're talking thesaurus dictionary and all these different things. Vulnerability is a type of weakness. That's not an opinion. Vulnerability is a type of weakness. So you get into the, the, the thesaurus, the dictionary, so on and so on. There's no negative connotation to intimacy. What, in, what does intimacy have to do with it? 99% of the time I ask men, how does vulnerability fit into any of this? And what they wind up describing to me is intimacy, a man being emotionally intimate, right? And so I go, well, you just described intimacy. You didn't describe vulnerability. And they go, uh, uh, right? And so the point is, this is all this kind of Orwellian manipulation of language right and so to you to your question of you know how's vulnerability play into, into frame we all have vulnerabilities we're all men we're all human beings we have weaknesses but what a man does and i have dozens of posts on this what a man does 
is he recognizes a weakness, which a vulnerability is a type of weakness. He recognizes his weakness and he overcomes it. And when I make this argument, again, I get guys arguing about intimacy. No, there's nothing about vulnerability or intimacy or anything that they don't fit. It's a complete fabrication by the feminist narrative, right? So when a man embraces vulnerability or re refuses to strengthen that vulnerability, he's basically remaining weak and thus by definition, less masculine. Mm. And if he's less masculine, how in the hell are you going to keep your masculine frame? Mm. Simple as that. So if the guy, the typical scenario where somebody is telling me or arguing with me in my, my comments, how to be vulnerable, you're just being more emotionally open and you're spewing your complaints and your concerns and your anxieties to your wife or girlfriend and she is even if she thinks that's what she wants she is losing confidence in you as a man as you go and so two years five years ten years later you're divorced and she's off with somebody else and everything's a freaking train wreck and you're asking yourself why because you were vulnerable you need to be the protector and the, the provider the man that is strong and you think you're being intimate emotionally intimate and here you are over just spewing all your anxieties on your your woman that really is looking to you for support and you just totally undercut yourself as as a strong man mm -hmm. yeah that man that's that's one thing that so many so many guys especially like uh, i would say blue pill guys they just can't they can't wrap their brain around the concept that your woman's not your best friend Hell no. and she's certainly not your mom or your therapist. And you know, women like, like Rich Cooper says, right. Women don't give a shit about your struggles, right. They, 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 they think they do. And I think like to, to women's credit, they think they do. And I think they really want to care. They just biologically aren't, won't, won't ever be able to. And no. so when you start doing that, it just slowly erodes attraction over time. And they're just like, I don't know why, but this guy's just not attractive to me anymore. And it's a lot of it's because of this type of stuff. So, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, which also comes down to awareness and, and all that kind of stuff. So, man, this is a, this is a great conversation. Uh, where, where can people find you online? Uh, Graybeard actual TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, I'm on Twitter. I don't do much to be honest on Twitter. I just post memes. Um, not had a lot of success there. So uh, Twitter's a tough nut to crack, man. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah I don't get it. And YouTube, I can have I can go for a week or more and have thousands of views each video, and then turn around and I'm getting a hundred or five hundred views. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, so I'm going to be starting some kind of subscription level service kind of stuff pretty soon. And I'm doing a live every on Instagram. I'm doing a live every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central. And on my subscription thing, either starting this week or next week, I'm going to do a members only Thursday night, uh, kind of a Zoom thing that's really basically just live for members only. So, um, yeah, Instagram, probably the best place to find me and, you know, find the link tree and go from there. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put your link tree down in the description. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Paul. Ray, thanks again for joining me, man. You know, you're welcome back anytime. It's always good to have you on and, and, and to catch up. You know what I mean? Uh, you're a good dude to know. And the topic of frame is so very important in this space. You know, a lot of guys just have a hard time understanding what it even means, wrapping their brain around it. You know, Ryan Stone describes it as a tetrahedron. 
And I think he got that from someone else too, because uh, Brother Luis posted about it in the uh, the Three Percent Brotherhood the other day. And and Brother Luis usually is posting old Red Pill stuff. So I'm not sure if Ryan came up with that or if he is just uh, resharing that because Ryan does a lot of that stuff, right? He brings back the old information and sort of rewords it. You know, he's really good about that. We all we all we, we all do that, right? For the most part, none of this stuff is original, right? We all learn from somebody, right? And we just sort of put our own spin on it, our own experiences. So that's, uh, you know, Ryan's really good at that. Um, and that's not to, that doesn't take anything away from his material. Like, Ryan, I learned a lot of stuff from Ryan, right? He's a smart guy. All right. Uh, that being said, if you guys haven't done so already, please like, subscribe, hit those notifications. Drop a comment. Any comment will do. Your favorite emoji. If you guys are listening on your favorite audio platform of choice, give us a five-star review and write down why you like the show. And I'll share that in an upcoming episode. Follow me on social media. The links are in the description. Get on the email list, list.comeonmanpod.com. It's managed by Gumroad now. It's a flawless experience. So get on the email list. Sign up. I will mail you stickers free of charge. If you guys like those designs, they're available as merch as well at merch.comeonmanpod.com. Check out the Practical Law of Attraction course, loa.comeonmanpod.com, and then get on the Patreon, patreon.com slash comeonmanpod. You can join for as little as $10, and you can now even join Tier 1 as a free trial, right? Pretty cool. I think that's all I have for this episode, guys. We will see you Wednesday for the live stream. This has been the Come On Man podcast. New full episodes served hot every Monday morning on your favorite podcast platform of choice. So subscribe now. Follow Paul on social media. The links are in the description. Now, go out and get it.